1: We are the New York Knicks. I'm back. Back in the New
0: York mood. Well, it's the Knicks. New York. <laughs> we are the New York Knicks. New York. Girl. But this new season we're about to enter. The Knicks is taking no shorts it's like winter.
2: New York. New York. New York be about the Knicks, huh? But
1: the best thing about New York City is... Winter.
3: Hey everybody, it is the New York Knicks podcast, part of the Almighty Baller Podcast Network and Dash Radio. I am your disgusted host, Jay, and with me is Mark. <laughs> Jay, do you wanna uh,
2: do you wanna do the eulogy?
3: Yeah. I th- I uh, think it's I think it's time.
2: We should we should eulogize tanking because it's over.
3: <laughs> so last episode I said the Knicks were gonna win three out of the next four. I was almost right. They won two out of four. The tank is over. The Knicks are going to finish in ninth. Once again, they can't even lose correctly. I, you
2: know what? Here's the thing. The only thing I'm not so – so since last show, the Knicks have uh, – they lost to the Heat. Um, they actually like were close for a little while and they lost to the Heat. They lost to the Timberwolves in a very close game. And then tonight they beat uh, – today they beat the Wizards. Those are the last three games, right? Since, since this last show?
3: Uh, they beat the Bulls since last show too.
2: Oh, was the Bulls during this? Oh, I thought Bulls was
3: last episode. No, they trounced the Bulls.
2: Okay. Um, I, I for some reason I thought we bitched about that last show. Uh, we probably We whatever. bitched
3: about T- knowing that was gonna happen.
2: T- tank, tanking is over. It's a oh yeah, you said last show, you were like the Knicks are going to winning streak. It feels like every show it feels like it's been like forever since. Because this misery of this team seems like it's going on forever. The season should have been over. Like they should have just end the season two months ago. Like it's just been like perpetual like of nothingness for the last two months.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, anyway, let's, let's, so uh, you want to eulogize this, Jay? Uh,
3: you I don't have a speech to... prepared? It's no, like, it, I... like I'm springing this on. Bringing this on you. I right? don't even know how to do a eulogy. Um... Okay, so uh, we're all gathered here
2: today to uh, to give to uh, give to talk about. I don't really know. I've never given a eulogy. Here we're right, all I here. Give to...
3: Thanks, weren't you?
2: Yeah, we're all going to give thanks for what we had. What we had, we had hope. We had some good things. We had some good times. When things turned to, when Porzingis got injured, that was not good times. We got injured, we said, we're going all in. We're going to lose a lot of games. We're going to get that number one seed. And then we won on a streak, and we lost 17 of 18 games, something along those lines, and we moved up not an inch.
3: Uh, <laughs> we no, we had that 24 hours where we pulled ahead of the Bulls
2: By a half a game And then we beat them Or we won a game, and that, that was over once we, once we beat the Bulls It was over anyway Today's win against the Wizards Whatever, Knicks can win as many games as they want The rest of the season They're not changing position I mean, the thing is, the Bulls were at 24 wins The chance of the Bulls topping the Knicks Were pretty slim to begin with The Knicks are at 27 now and the, and the Lakers are at 32. The Knicks are never catching the Lakers. We are stuck at ninth, posi- ninth position. And... Uh,
3: that makes it really exciting because... Hey, the year
2: that Steph Curry went number seven, the Knicks drafted Jordan Hill, DeMar DeRozan went number nine. A lot of good players can go late in the draft. This year, Donovan Mitchell went like 11th or 12th or 13th, I think. Um, we're going to catch lightning in a bottle. We're going to pick up some guy who we're going to... Be- Here's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Whoever we're going to take is going to be someone that we're going to be like, oh man, I guess we'll just take so and so because he's the only good guy left, and that guy will turn out to be really good, and we never would have taken that guy if we were drafting higher. This is the, the, uh, the basketball gods' ways of like, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so the Knicks are going to get Trey Young. Okay, so are you going to start complaining about Trey Young? Because I think the Knicks got Trey Young. I would not be so unhappy. I know you're going to be unhappy. We, we 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 talked about him last show, and the idea behind him is he could be a a dynamite scorer in the NBA, but he also could be a a disaster on defense. Is that the that, that your basic fear, Jay?
3: Yeah, he's pretty much Isaiah Thomas.
2: Isaiah Thomas almost won MVP with Boston with the Boston Celtics, and now he can barely. He- po- post injury. He had a major injury, and so he's also probably Isaiah Thomas, the injury he has, you're really expecting more from him from next season than this season. Two Isaiah teams Thomas up,
3: gave up on him before Boston. There's a reason for that because he hasn't played defense. <laughs>
2: I'm not arguing that he plays defense. I'm just arguing Isaiah Thomas is not a bad player. He's not that he was a, he he had a hell of a season for the Celtics last year. Mm-hmm. And you really can't be like, the Phoenix Suns gave up on him. The Phoenix Suns gave up on everyone. They just don't know what they're doing as an organization. And the Sacramento Kings gave up on, gave up on him. The Sacramento Kings are the only franchise run worse than us.
3: Well, he's not starting over Lonzo Bull, who's shooting 14% for the last <laughs> month and a half.
2: Well, as. The Lakers have to be insane to start him over Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is their future. You cannot give up on your rookie point guard this early in the season, even if he's shooting
3: 11%. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling me that teams should not start a vet over a rookie point guard? Hey, Nielakina started today. He did. First start uh, this season, right? Second start this season?
2: And you can't complain about Hornacek this week. He played 37 minutes against the Timberwolves. Looked great.
3: Yeah, yeah I mean, it 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 took him um seventy seventy two games to figure it out, but okay.
2: Yeah, I, whatever. I mean, uh I am not gonna complain too much on the uh I'm not gonna complain too much on Hornets X playing in the LK this week. He did not get as many minutes today, did not look as good. The problem really is you play so much of playing a guy you based on their offense and not their defense. That's the problem with the NBA also today. Like Enos Cantor Will look like trash on defense, and but his offense gets him on the court. If it's the reverse, if like your defense is stellar, but your offense is bad, you have a much harder time getting on the getting on the court. Why is that, Jay? Like, is that you think that's weird? Like, uh, like there's two halves of the court. If you're really good at one half of the court and bad right. the other half of the court, it it has to be offense versus it, defense. It, it's
3: just more noticeable. I mean, if you're draining threes, people are going to notice that. If some guy on another team doesn't score. Like, you actually have to be paying attention. It's basically, like, the passive fan versus the active fan. I mean, but it's not even the fans. It's the coaches, even. Like, the coaches, I mean, the players,
2: like, fans will bitch about players. But, like, even coaches will favor guys on, with that are good on offense and bad on defense versus guys that are good on defense bad on offense. I think everybody gets caught up with it. You know?
3: The, uh, I guess at the end of the day, you, you need points. You need but points, like, but you need to not let up 120 points a game, too. I mean, there's th-
2: I can't think of that many guys. Like, how many guys can you think of who are, like, amazing defenders, horrible on offense, and got major minutes on, like, a good team? There's, like, three. Rodman,
3: Ben Wallace. Rod- and uh, Bruce Bowen, Spurs. Yeah, and you can argue uh, Tyson Chandler doesn't really score a lot. Yeah, he, but he gets, he gets, like, ten points a game. But, yeah, you, you're right. Um, That's about it. That's pretty much the list. I mean, there are other guys also out there we're not naming. But it's really, like... It's just a hard—there's such a— uh, There's way more horrible defenders that can score. Yes, I agree.
2: I mean, like, you you look at, it, like, the way Cantor plays defense at times, you're just shocked that, like— what, Hortensek, I don't mean he has to be benched, but Hortensek should be like, oh, he doesn't deserve—like, his his starting position is not set in stone. I'll try Kylo Quinn starting, starting for a little bit, see how it goes. I can pull him more for his defense. I mean, I guess that's what Oklahoma did with him eventually. But you would think, uh, hey, whatever. I mean, the whole point is that look, defense looks really good, but it doesn't earn him minutes the way his offense needs to. Right. Like it's, I I guess I understand also you're play, he's playing point guard or even a like shooting guard. You need offense from that position. It's I hard. Mean, it's, yeah. It's hard to be an NBA team. It's hard to be like a team like the Knicks and have like just sacrifice positions on on offense.
3: Yeah, but. Uh... Yeah. No, no, I, I mean,
2: I'm, yeah, I'm arguing both sides of it, of it. I mean, his defense has been very good and very encouraging, and his offense has been, like, like against, against Timberwolves, he looked pretty good on offense, and he has moments where he looks pretty good on offense, but it's not consistent. Like, today he looked very mediocre on offense, and it's just—
3: It's what you'd like, expect from a 19-year-old rookie.
2: Yeah, if you look at, like, uh, like, and I haven't watched him, so I only follow his, follow, follow the box uh, score on this guy, but De'Aaron Fox, who was picked a p- bunch of picks ahead of him, he's a guy, if the Knicks had a chance to select him, guaranteed to take him over Nilekina. There's no question, right? Right. We want uh, We want De'Aaron Fox. We were everyone. Fox. De'Aaron Fox seemed like a great pick. He has been, like, his offense, like, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's pretty goddamn mediocre. Um, it's just young point. It takes a while. Do you think what position do you think is the hardest position to adapt to in the NBA? Point guard. Yeah, it probably takes a good like. Outside of the very rare examples, it takes at least three years, maybe um, to really get to really de- develop the development. Yeah, it
3: it's the equivalent of being a quarterback in football. It's it's the hardest position to to learn.
2: Yeah, so I don't. Yeah, I so I basically don't like give them a. that Whatever. Yeah. Um, do you so? Uh, I'll give you. Do so you, you want some bright stuff before you go
3: back and go back to Trey Young? Yeah, no. I have. Uh, I have a couple. Well, I'll give spots you two. Actually, it's I'll not you all going to be doom and gloom today. I'll give you a bright spot. Okay. Um,
2: uh, Doctor Carlin hmm
3: You know who he is? I, I think it's a he. <laughs> um, no. He's your goddamn hero, Jay. Is he? You know uh, why? Is he rehabbing Porzingis? Oh yes. Were you gonna do that story also? No, I, I'm not familiar with the story. Fill me in. Oh, uh, oh,
2: you guessed that? Okay. He.
3: Uh, I, 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 I was thinking like you're bringing up a random doctor. <laughs> how could that be relevant to the Knicks? Uh, yeah, it was an easy guess. Uh,
2: so he claims to be like they, they're, they're just talking. There was an article in the New York Post about how amazing this doctor is. He says the Knicks won't allow it, but Porzingis will be ready for game for game one of the season next year. His rehab is well above uh, well. Um, a well faster than sketch it's it's been happening a lot faster than expected and he said that uh porzingis is going to be strong better than before he's going to rebuild him to be be better he said he's going to get stronger while he's on rehab and he's going to come back playing better than he ever played before basically he's going to rebuild him like he's robocop i hope so um he said uh what did he say uh he said any concern Porzingis's ACL rehab will hinder strengthening other areas of the myth Coker said with uh he said with more with no games tra- um, practice or travel Porzingis has much more time to impact his game by bulking up his body I would say though uh is that a good thing for him to like get like big like biceps
3: I don't think it's I don't think it's necessary I know everyone says he's got to bulk up he's got to get strong and I always say look at Durant and look at Garnett you don't need that.
2: I always wonder when they like try to bulk up, though, if it's going to lead to more injuries later. I always kind of wonder
3: that. It could go either way. Um, I, don't I, would, I, I don't think it's set in stone whether you should bulk up or just have like a natural, whatever your natural body type is. I, I mean, like Dwight Howard's huge, and he doesn't get he wasn't getting injured a lot until his back started messing up on him, so.
2: I think with, like, Howard, is more natural muscle. I mean, not, obviously, he's not born with those muscles, but, like, it, like, grew on him a lot easier. I don't know. Like, it's just... At this point that he doesn't have big um, bulging muscles, I don't know if it's going to be a benefit for him to try to,
3: like, develop big bulging muscles. Like, yoga might be a better thing. Like, stretching, like, flexibility. Well, we don't know if he's talking about, like, looking like the Hulk or just bulking up a little bit. There's a big difference. There's a big range in what he's You're right. You're
2: right. You're right. right. Anyhow, but uh, he says, basically... Uh, it's a deep philosophy of mine. It's an opportunity to polish things up and improve, put on muscle. I can't tell you how many seasons with Shaquille we had to keep going back to the drawing board. He worked with Shaquille. He kept Shaquille in the league.
3: I don't yeah. know if I give you. I <laughs> mean, he was injured a lot, but that could have been much worse considering how huge that guy is.
2: Uh, anyway, uh, basically, this guy, this guy, uh, Colker is basically talking up. They're they're talking him up, and he's talking up that like that Porzingis will be. Like we should be all excited. I mean, obviously not excited for the injury, but like he will have no like it will not be a detriment to his game. He's going to be really good when he comes back. Okay, um, I hope better. so. So, uh, so that is a bright spot that
3: we're uh, cautiously
2: optimistic. His rehab is going faster than expected, and he's working with a bionic doctor. So, okay, okay. I like it. Um, do you have a bright
3: spot? We can go back to the draft in a second, but you have a bright spot. Um. Well, this is a nice story. I heard Jack actually got two offers from playoff teams and turned them down because he didn't want to turn his back on the Knicks. Are well, you are you kidding me? No. What were the what teams did they say? No. I mean, it's a nice sentiment, but why would you not want to play in the playoffs because he's getting zero minutes a game now? So, like. I could play playoff basketball, I could sit in my ass. I like sitting on my ass.
2: I mean, it must have been it it, it has to be offers that were not that great. Like for not even financially, for getting the money, like it had to be like he didn't see him getting any minutes to the other team anyway.
3: Right. I mean, or maybe it was just like a you know, in eighth seed where it was like, should I play four games or just not relocate my entire family? Or do you think uh, there's like a like a
2: sneaky suspicion that like he thinks he'll get a job in coaching with the Knicks after? No, like I don't think he, so. people are talking, so. people have said like he's a guy that will be a really good NBA coach later on. So maybe like there's some kind of deal in place where he'll, he'll he thinks basically he can sign for the Knicks for another year, not play
3: very much, and then like go into the coaching staff after. What what happened to like normal job progression where it <laughs> become assistant coaches like? Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying he becomes head coach right away. He
2: could become an assistant coach right away. I mean, that would be a much more normal thing yeah, to do. That I'm fine with. But maybe he sees a situation where he could become a coach. Like his career is almost over anyway, so let me just stay here and like mentor whatever, Mudiay, um, Dilakina, whatever we have here. And uh, like, there's ha- there's got to be more of a reason than than him just having loyalty to the Knicks. It's a weird loyalty to say I'm, I don't want to go to the playoffs. Unless, like, the offers weren't that good or, like, he thinks, like, this, is, he has a long-term future with the Knicks, like, coaching. Mm. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I, I don't know. Or maybe, do he's, maybe, maybe he's like, you know what? I've never been there for a tank. I want to witness one. <laughs> and that's not true. He probably hasn't been there for a tank. I,
3: I sat down and I watched the whole Minnesota game. Yeah. I got to say, Trey Burke's defense is way better than I thought it was.
2: I think the knock on it, like, yeah, I think he's been a lot better also. also. I think they're not gonna. He's just—he's a little small. That like point guards can like post up on him. He's—he just has some disadvantages because of his size, but he's not that. He's like—he's in position most of the time,
3: yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I'm—I'm I'm happy with his defense. Um, his shot is hit or miss, but um, you know the guy can penetrate. I'm happy with Burke. Like, I hope he's—I hope he continues to stay on the Knicks.
2: Yeah. I—I I would uh.
3: I would agree with you. Troy Williams uh, looked pretty good.
2: Troy Williams, I don't know why he doesn't get more. Like I was just trying out for thirty minutes. Like he he's got a lot of energy. I don't think he's a start in the future, but like developing more, I guess. I don't know. Uh,
3: I'm just going over like what I saw from uh, the newer guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cornette wasn't that impressed with. He seemed like um, he wasn't doing anything bad, but he was he wasn't doing anything where I'm like. We need to play that guy a lot.
2: Well, he had a uh, actually there was a good play today. The uh, Mudiay hit him with an outlet pass, and it was I only thing was I was, imp- was imp- Moody had a nice pass to him, and I was impressed with his ability just to catch the ball and put it right into the basket. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was it was like it was he was running full speed. It was like a thirty foot throw. It was a pretty athletic move to be able to catch the ball and put it right into the basket. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's a guy that if he could shoot threes, he's got a role in the team.
3: Yeah, I mean. He seems like he could be like a deep bench guy if he's like our ninth or tenth man. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. I, I feel like he's. If you want to go to a, a sh- smaller lineup, I mean, I know he's seven foot, but like a lineup that can shoot threes or spread the floor. Yeah. Spread the floor. I, I said before, I feel like he could be a. Uh, it's not. It's, I don't think it's like a high seat. Like, like like it's a big thing from the reach. Steve Novak. He could be another Steve Novak if his three point shooting develops
3: because like maybe even slightly better defense,
2: yeah, he could be slightly better defense. He was in Westchester, he was shooting six threes a game and hitting forty percent. It's the same distance, so you would think basically the NBA, even if he shot like thirty five percent and could shoot like five five threes off the bench, could be a quick like quick production off the bench could be worth a shot. Mm-hmm. I don't know what what else are we doing like
3: yeah, not? exactly.
2: is he also is he any worse than having cancer out there?
3: Not really, I mean Cantor is a much much better rebounder, but Cornette's yeah. a better passer uh, um, he's a slightly better defender and slightly. he spreads the floor yeah. more
2: yeah I mean I'm not yeah exactly like I
3: cantor's got it, better it, post moves
2: there's there's no reason to bring in another center next year unless the guy plays defense yeah, but it would be nice to get a guy that plays defense at center, obviously um, what else what else do you want to comment on? Weather guys, I mean, what do you think of Moutier? Did, Moutier can't cover well, he
3: didn't, anybody. He didn't,
2: he didn't play much against Minnesota,
3: actually. No. Right? No, because he was incapable of being within five feet of Teague. So they're like, okay, Andrew's not playing today.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing is, so they made a point. I'm trying to find the uh, There's an article a thing about how uh, Nilakina, like time and time again, when they show his, his defensive stats against like top players in the NBA, top point guards in the NBA, he's looked great. Um, did you see that It was on Twitter this week? Do You know what I'm talking about?
3: No, no, I didn't
0: see that. There was Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky.
2: they, just, they it was right after the Minnesota game. They were talking about how like you put him on T, you put him on a bunch of guys, he's he's their offensive production, like major players, like even like Chris Paul, his production has dropped when they're looking at guarding him. Huh. Not like he's shutting down he's not locked down defender yet, but like he's having an impact on defense that should get him on the court much more. It was the main, was
3: the basic point of all of it. I haven't seen that in actual games.
2: You haven't seen what actual games?
3: Mudiay doing anything worthwhile? Oh, not, you...
2: not Mudiay, Nilakina.
3: Oh, Curry. oh, oh, yeah.
2: Oh no, yeah, yeah, no, no, God no. Mudiay's been a garbage on defense. <laughs> oh, okay, he's been like, he's been like the express. He, he's the new, he's the easy pass of the league.
1: <laughs> he's like, like
2: that new, that new easy pass where you don't have to slow down at all. You just drive like like the just tracks your license plate. And you <laughs> yeah. go back, you go through fifty miles per hour. That's his defense. He's <laughs> the new easy, improved easy pass. <laughs> Um, no, 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 Nilekina, it was the whole thing about Nilakina, how like his defense has been great against a bunch of guys in the league. Um, yeah. and we should be like, his defense is, I guess the point is his defense is up to uh, NBA starter. He's an NBA starter as far as his defense at this point, obviously the offense has a ways to go, mm-hmm. but we should, we should be getting him more starter minutes just for his defense was the whole point. Um, which is one way to look, at I, I don't know if his defense also goes down a little bit by if he starts if he gets 35 minutes a game. I don't know how his defense doesn't by more minutes maybe doesn't hold up quite as well. Who knows? Hmm. But I but I still think uh, I'm still excited about his defense. I need to get give, give us more bright spots, Jay.
3: Anything um b- before we do? Do we have a call today?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, we have a call today. You want you want to do it?
3: Um, yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out who we have. Oh, okay, I got it. Okay. Cool. Uh, we have we have a guy with one of the best uh, names ever. Okay. Um. Okay. So let's go to the call, and then we'll try and keep the positivity going. No guarantees, because this is already bordering on a new record for us. But uh, we'll, we'll give it a try. So um, yeah. Here's our call. Okay. So we are joined by Pat. How you doing, Pat?
4: I'm doing good. Have it yourself, man.
3: Pretty good. Uh, why don't you tell me how you became a Knicks fan?
4: Uh, yeah, well, I was um, born in the late 80s in New York City, so kind of grew up during the golden age of uh, Knicks basketball. And uh, with the name like Pat, you know, grow grew up watching Patrick review doing his thing. That's it right. It just uh, grows on you. just grows on you. very simple. It's kind of the, the most simple story, I guess.
3: So you got spoiled at an early age.
4: Oh yeah, man! I got like deep memories of the four-point play, the Allen Houston teardrop in Miami. I got I got a lot of good memories in the nineties.
3: That's for <laughs> sure. So we're trying to do something a little different today and stay a little bit positive. So last couple games, has been a couple wins. Um, tell me something positive that you you've taken out of these wins.
4: Um. Well, the Minnesota game was exactly what I want like a good competitive game and then just not enough to win. So that right. was exactly kind of what I wanted out of the Knicks, And it looked like they were going to do a great job of dropping the ball against the Wizards, even though they happened to pull it out. But uh, I mean, I guess the good news is, is that I'm starting to see, you know, like the big games are coming out of guys like Burke and you Noah know, had a good one a couple of days ago. Uh, Hardaway had a had a pretty awesome game recently. So as long as it's guys like that who are having the good games, then I'm feeling really good about it. You know.
3: Yeah, you can't really um, complain if, if Burke is the one going off. Like that's yeah. You
4: want the young guys. Yeah, like work. like if if Courtney Lee is the one going out there dropping like 20 points, or it's even Cantor, I'm just not interested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: So we got a we got a few young guys that are looking to rights. Um, what are your thoughts on on guys like Troy Williams?
4: Uh, I actually like him a lot. Um, like I, I don't like him a lot as like oh he should be a guy that we should be looking to play like thirty minutes, but he seems like the type of guy on a roster that would be like a championship team's like seventh or eighth hustler off the bench, you know. And, you know, right now, if we can find anybody who has any value, is it's good timing for that. And, you know, maybe just like Burke, maybe we found something off the scrap heap. And Lord knows the Knicks need to find some players that way.
3: Yeah, I mean, we had uh, basically 11 roster spots to fill. So if we can fill some of the bench roles, that's that's totally fine with me. Um, not everybody has to be a home run starter.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, lo- I love his energy, man. It, it seems like every game he's playing, he's he's hitting us with a highlight dunk that's based off of, like, just uh, just him hustling up and down the court. I, I like players like that. I do. I think those players tend to bring a lot of, um, you know, um, I guess good mojo to the floor, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, one highlight dunk can change the entire environment for everything. So. Exactly, yeah. So is there anybody else
3: you're excited about? Cornette, Hicks, Moutier?
4: Uh, I mean, not for Hicks. Uh, I know he posted a good game a couple of weeks ago, but, I mean, you, you could just see he's not really all there for an NBA player, mm-hmm. at least right now. You know, I feel like he gets abused. Uh, and the same goes for Cornet. He has a solid skill set. And anybody who's seven foot who can shoot the way he can, I want to take more of a look at, but I'm not really overly excited. Um, and Moutier, I mean – you know, he played well against the Wizards today. And maybe he just kind of got the – maybe, you know, Hornacek pushed the right button by benching him the night bef- – the game beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. we I think he'll have another opportunity next year to do some things with the Knicks because I don't think they'll have a whole lot of other options in that regard. But, um, you know, uh, really right now I look at the team. I see Williams. I see Burke. Uh, I see Milikina, I see Hardaway, I see Williams, and, and those are kind of like the five 25-or-youngers that I'm looking at, like, oh, these guys could actually be something that, you know, moving forward I can see the Knicks getting some use out of. Not, not too bad of a
3: core. And he had uh, hopefully healthy Porzingis to that. And it's, it's something. And uh, yeah. whatever this year's draft pick is, do you, do you have your eye on anybody in the draft?
4: Uh, you know, I really don't just, um, just because, you know, with the Knicks picking so late, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot of like, who's going to be available at that point, especially this early in the process.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: It's just best available player. I mean, there isn't a position on the floor that if the Knicks can get better at, they shouldn't try to, yeah, you know? exactly. you know, yeah, so I mean, like it. You know, it's even Porzingis. It's like if the guy if the guy comes down the pike being a, a four, well, one of them's gonna have to play the five, and it's just that simple. Uh, you know, and I would like to I would like to see Trey Burke get more time at point. I think he plays a really strong two man game,
1: mm-hmm.
4: um, and that's one thing I also like out of Moutier too. Is that at least the, with the two of them, uh, I see a lot of those guys getting in the paint and getting getting in the paint with the ball in their hands which it feels like forever that we've seen a Knicks point guard do that you know yeah like just be able to kind of get into the paint and whether it is that they're whether it is that they're completing the play themselves or they're finding their teammates it's just you know so I I, the team's got to get better at perimeter shooting so it'd be really nice if whoever is available can be a, a factor in that
3: agreed agreed
4: there's been a, a lot of talk about whether
3: Hornacek should stick around or not. It seems like he's still trying to play for wins, um, and maybe at the detriment of playing some of the young guys. So, what, what are your takes on Hornacek?
4: Well, I don't really know if he's playing for wins because, um, you know, I you know he's putting in guys like Hicks and Cornette. I, and Courtney, Lord knows, Courtney Lee is not playing very much these days. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if he's playing for wins, but, you know, I don't really have too deep of an opinion about Hornacek, but I do have an opinion about firing him and it's don't because what's the point at this, you know, at this juncture, you know, I kind of look at it through the same lens that I looked at it months ago is that coming into the season, it was a long shot to make the playoffs. And then if you told me, oh, by the way, Tim Hardaway was going to miss a quarter of the season, and then Porzingis is going to tear his ACL once Hardaway returns, and you know, like, then I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, clearly the Knicks are going to suck, you know? Like, so I kind of look at it like, you know, like, what else could Hornacek do with this roster? And who else are we going to get at this point, you know? Uh, You know, if we have another – we have another head coach at the start of next year what is that like four head coaches in five seasons
3: yeah i do, I do uh, gotta
4: admit the uh, constant
3: constant turnover of the coaches and the roster in the front office it's it
4: does take its toll after a while yeah you know i mean like i, I kind of look at it like a lot in this in the sense of like how golden state did it is that the team wasn't great and they had mark jackson but they were improving so they left mark jackson in the spot And then once the team was good and became an attractive place to get a head coach, even though they made the playoffs for the first time in years, they were like, Nope, we're done with you, Mark Jackson. And then they got their guy once their team was an attractive place to be.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: So unless there's a ringer who's ready to come in next season, I don't see the point in wasting any off season time in firing a head coach and then trying to find a new one, you know? like just concentrate on the draft, see what you could do in the off season. Don't spend big money that extends longer than Noah's contract and see if you could find some, you know, I mean, knock on wood, it looks like you may have found, you know, like Burke and Williams and a few other guys that you kind of found kind of just kicking around out there that you may have found that actually might be valuable pieces moving forward. So just, Just stay concentrated on the players this offseason. Don't worry about the coach because it's just, what's the point? Yeah, no, I I agree.
3: I mean, wait until uh, a good team's in place because the team's going in with low expectations next season too. Uh, How nice is it to see the Knicks actually take advantage of the G League for maybe the first time ever?
4: Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I could be honest when I say, like, I've never really had any sort of like comprehension of it because it always felt like the Knicks were trying to sign the next loaded veteran. Yeah. So like, I never really had a concept of the G league in my life Does it just, you know, Oh, we need somebody else. Like, you know, the Knicks it, it, old Knicks would have just been like, Oh, let's give Dwayne Wade, you know, 5 million to finish the rest of the season with us.
3: Exactly. Like what it, what it, end it, of his career X star should we get now?
4: Yeah. And it's, it's been nice. It's like, it's given, it's, it's given a reason to watch, you know, I, you know, I mean, I live in Los Angeles, so, you know, it's given me a reason to care because like I'm interested to see, you know, like what the court, especially, I mean, the one thing I do like about Hornacek is I like the two point guard system that he has going on. Mm-hmm. And I like seeing things like Milatina and Burke on the floor together because I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I'm the only one thinking about it. I don't know what you think, but I just get the strange feeling Frank Militina is not really a, an NBA point guard.
3: I'm starting to think like, he, he might be uh, more of a two as well, or maybe a guy that can is kind of in between positions. So, yeah, like, I'm totally like, fine with a two-point
4: guard lineup. He, he definitely has ability at the point guard position, but I just, you know, and he's super young, so that can all change, but... Like he doesn't exactly seem like he ever runs an offense with a whole lot of um, understanding.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, like he can push the ball really well. like he when, it, when, it, when he's pushing the ball up the court, I feel like he I feel like he's doing well, but once it's in a half- court offense, I'm just not seeing him run a two-man game well with anybody. I'm not seeing him find an open man as much as I would like. Um, but when you put him on the court with somebody else and the ball starts moving, he starts to find an open man in the movement of the basketball. So, you know, like, I, I, you know, I, I'm a little nervous Milikino's falling into uh, maybe becoming the next Shumpert for the Knicks, but or Landry staying Fields. cautiously optimistic. Yeah, well, you know, even Landry fails too.
3: Well, you know, well, let's just keep remembering that he's 19, and, um, you know, but this could just be growing pains. Um, we well, are yeah, just not,
4: a... it's not like it's not like they have
3: much more money to go find anybody else anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh we're just about out of time. Um but I do want to hear how is it being a Knicks fan in LA?
4: Um, you know, it's not that bad. I've lived here for about five years now. Uh it's not that bad because the Lakers haven't been that good mm-hmm. because Lakers fans do run very obnoxious. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like being back in New York with Yankee fans in that regard, mm-hmm. and Giants fans that are that will let you know that they are the best. So there really isn't anybody that can really like tell you anything different out here. Clippers fans are very come come and go. So um, basketball is appreciated out here, but it's it feels like it's more like like it's more the one of those cases like, Oh, I'm a fan, but I'm a fan of the player, not the team, which always drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. I hate, I hate that mentality about any sport. Yeah. But, uh, you know, um, can't complain because tickets to each time I've been to pretty much every time the Knicks have came out. I, I do work. I do travel a lot for work. So I've missed a few games when they, when they come to the Staples center. Um, but tickets run pretty cheap and it has, I think mostly to do with the Knicks not being so great and the Lakers not being so great since I've been here. So, but, um, yeah, you know, there, you know, the New York community out here is, is big. So, you know, like if people, you kind of have a little bit of a head nod to each other when you're at the games of people who are just like, Oh yeah, Knicks fans, nice. You know, that's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. Okay.
4: So, um, yeah,
3: that uh, looks like that's our time. Do you have anything you want to plug, a Twitter website or anything?
4: Uh, yeah, I just got a, i got a pretty simple uh, Twitter. It's at DJFATPAT. That's at DJPHATPAT. And that's about it.
3: Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, man. Right, yeah, have a good one.
3: You too. All right. Another good call.
4: Yep. Uh, thank
3: you for
2: joining um, us, Pat. Um, while I was uh, off the show, I was uh, I found the article I was talking about. Uh, Mark Berman wrote an article uh, uh, from the New York Post where he said, uh, so Nillikina's defensive rating, the Knicks have given up uh, 105 points per 100 possessions when Nielkeen is on the floor and 110 points when he's uh, not on the floor. So it's, he benefits the Knicks by an extra five points uh, less on defense or more. Wow. Five, he basically is five points better when 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 he's on the court, and according to uh, Mark Berman, when matched up in certain games against the likes of John Wall, Jeff Teague, D'Angelo Russell, and Dennis Smith Jr., he has held each to zero points, and he contained Chris Paul to just two points.
3: I, uh, I, I like
2: that. Yeah, so that that was the article I was reading about. Ah, uh, where he was just talking about ah uh, his defense and his defense basically. Should earn him a lot of playing time these days. It was right after the Minnesota game where he got the where he played pretty well also. So uh, it's an easy it's it's easy to call for his offense when his defense when his offense is with is playing pretty adequate. What do you need to see out of him to get him major minutes? Like what kind of stats do you want to see from next season
3: on offense? Obviously. I mean, I think it was kind of like what you talked about before. If he's going to be a lockdown defender, he's out there.
2: Yeah, I mean but you still don't want nothing from him. And I think the Knicks aren't gonna play when playing if they get nothing from him.
3: I mean I, feel I, like I would like to see I would like to see twelve and five. Five being assists.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um I was gonna say like ten and five, or even eight and six. Like just something like I don't you need some point. You need probably double digit points. You need them to hit ten. Um yeah, like five. I'd say ten Ten and five, or even twelve and five, I guess. Uh, and close to thirty minutes a game would be ideal for next season if his shooting improves a little bit. It would yeah. be bad. Yeah, and I, it's, it's not bad. It's a slow build, but I think it goes somewhere because his defense is so good. Yeah. Um, a couple of comments I want to make from the games. Uh, the uh, Minnesota game. Did you like uh Timmy? Timmy had it. Timmy's been playing pretty. He didn't have a great game today, but he had an outstanding game against against Minnesota. Well,
3: I. I also said last week that Timmy's going to start catching fire near the end of the season to ruin the tank. Um, it, it didn't happen against Minnesota, but it came damn well close. I mean, I'm upset, by I just don't even think... I don't even know if the other teams going to catch us You anybody. know what? I'm reversing. I'm reversing positions. Now that we I know we're not catching anybody, screw it. Just start winning.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now there's, there's no chance at all of changing positions. Let's just start winning games. Like, it's... It's a miserable system anyway. I want to root for victories.
3: Whatever. Uh, the we're other comment. We're not moving down. Let's go 500 the rest of the way. Why not? The other comment I want to make uh, the Bulls game.
2: How can the Bulls openly tank with their lineup? They sat everyone in the team. Yeah. And They sat Markton. They sat Robin Lopez. They sat. Uh, who else did they say? They sat, sat a couple other really good players. I think they sat
3: uh Grant. I well, that 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 could just be because uh, they want to win. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the best guy they started was like Cameron Payne. Like, it's ridiculous. They, I think they said they, they 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 sat their four best scorers. Yeah, I, I mean it it's bes, it's oh uh, bes, uh, I, uh Portis. I think they sat
2: Portis. There. Yeah, that's the other one they they sat. It's absurd. Like the Bulls should be fine for Those guys weren't injured, or they don't have any serious
0: injury. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Fine for This This is ridiculous. We needed the loss more than they did.
2: You can't put out a trash product against us and be like, that's not fair. It's yeah. not fair just to just be like, shoot at your own basket, basically. Yeah, that, that was ridiculous. I, I mean... Of course the Knicks blew, blew, up, blew up the Bulls The Bulls just said hey
3: we're starting A D-League lineup like just openly just Like saying we're throwing this game I mean the Knicks have a half D-League lineup Without trying but That's the Knicks, their team, that's their the team Knicks,
2: though
3: The Knicks are trying they're trying to get victories Like they'll argue we think Moutier Will
2: actually get his victories and like Logic would, would, would argue against you But the Knicks just don't agree with Logic so <laughs> Um and Those are the comments wait what else I want to say The uh that was pretty much it. Uh, I also—they beat the Wizards today. The Wizards are supposed to be a good team, so I was—I'm not even that upset they beat the Wizards. Like,
3: like I said, at this point, just just start winning again. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? And of course, that means they're going to start losing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got two iTunes reviews a couple weeks ago. Did we read those? We did not. If you want to pull them up, and I was going to talk about draft prospects, but pull them up. Sure. Yeah, you, uh, you have. Yeah, I have. I have them up. Uh, Dr. Dog Breath writes, Great show. The show is the only benefit of being a Knicks fan. Awesome. And Johnito uh, writes, Fun and real. Incredibly funny and real. These Knicks fans are not delusional, as some Knicks fans are. Keep it up, guys. A huge fan from Puerto Rico. Nice. So uh, thank you guys so much for the reviews. Every review helps. We're, we're trying to move up in the this iTunes standing. So um, please leave a five-star review. Uh, um, right. Sorry, guy. I was just gonna do all the uh, the plugging now. Why, why? Because if I do it at the end of the show, people could just turn it off.
2: Oh, uh, okay. Well can people okay, so right now everyone hit um fifteen seconds
3: forward so you can skip this. Go, Jay. You're the worst. <laughs> um, <laughs> email is ny at podcast, the Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is all NY Podcast, and patreon.com slash NY Podcast, where you can donate as low as one dollar a month to the show we got a few new patreons this week so that was very cool awesome um and we've said it before it's usually a site where you put content up there and that's what you get for your money but we make all our content for free and so this is more just if you want to uh, help us with the show expenses kick back a little bit to the show uh, um, we're not yeah we're not going to put any of our stuff behind a paywall we just um putting that option out there for anybody who wants to sup- help support the show.
2: Um, so actually so we have a new uh, social media thing we're doing also. Did you, can I tell him about it, Jay or do you want to tell him? No, you could tell him. Okay. Cause, um, Cause Jay just, just learning about this. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I know there are a lot of people using different sites like Facebook, which like sells all your data, um, Instagram and uh, Twitter and all these other things. And I feel like, we are starting a new social media campaign. To take. We want to take questions from the fans. It's called In-Person Book. So what it means is if you have a question for the show, you can show up at Jay's apartment, knock on his door, and give him the question in
3: person. Jay, want to give your address? I'm not sure I like this <laughs> new plan. Maybe we should have talked about this before the – So In-Person Book, you can, So Jay, you can find out, You can find
2: him at his home or just accost him on the street. You see him walking down the street, just jump on him throw him to the ground and ask your question or as work, show up at his office and just like shout a question at him. He would love it. It's in-person book. And this is the way that we're going to communicate, get closer with fans. And we promise you, if you jump on Jay in the middle of Madison Avenue, we will not sell your data.
3: We have a website, the new york Knicks and we have Nick shirts there. And if you buy a Nick shirt through the website the package probably has my return address on
2: it. <laughs> Figure it out that if, way. If
3: anyone wanted to hunt down Jay and kill him, Jay will just give you ad- their address with an exchange for $12. <laughs> for, for $18, you can uh, you can murder me. So that's
2: it. So instead of actually buying the t-shirt to get the t-shirt, now for $18, you could just say, Jay, just
3: send me your address for $18. It's the same thing. Yeah, It's like, you know what? Don't even send the shirt. I just I just want your address. I just want to show up at your place. That's all. <laughs> Uh, and every shirt now comes with a Nick's Podcast pen. Because Jay has not figured out how to guerrilla market. Guerrilla <laughs>
2: marketing does not involve giving pens to people who are already buying shirts. <laughs> that is the lamest guerrilla marketing. I think you, sir, guerrilla marketing company is fired.
3: <laughs> emails. Mitch writes, hey guys. Wait, wait, wait.
2: Before we okay. get before we get to the emails, yeah. um, I want to do our our new segment where we're going to talk about
3: draft prospects. I want to
2: get talk about at least one draft pro- prospect a show.
3: This episode is full of surprises. Sure, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, first of all, I just saw someone made a comment on Twitter when I was looking for the 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 Mark the uh, the Nilkina thing, that they said, uh, "Do you think Trey Young is that much different than just having a uh, Trey Burke already?"
0: Mm,
3: if Trey I Burke mean, plays defense,
2: you play some defense. I mean, the idea being that like uh, similar size, it might be even similar production in the NBA. Yeah,
3: yeah. You know, let's keep getting. Exact identical players that play the same position That seems like a good strategy
2: I, I mean the argument in favor of Trey Burke I mean sorry Trey Burke Uh, uh, The argument in favor of uh, Trey Young. Young Yeah Trey Young is that He could be a guy that could take over games I know people are comparing him to Steph Curry Which is really
3: unfair to do anything.
2: You remember like you everyone used to be Baby Jordan
3: Yeah they actually Harold Miner they nicknamed Baby Jordan Yeah uh, And then he was out of the league in like two years
2: yeah, yeah. So look, everyone had to be Jordan. Then uh, now everyone has to be Steph Curry if they're like small, or they, uh, or if they're European, they got to be Dirk Nowitzki. Everyone has to like just like just like, just, like come up with like a quick comparison, basically. Hot takes. There, has to, there hasn't been any baby Lebrons though.
3: No, no, I'm sure that'll start. I mean, the uh, the new Jordans started comparison started like near the end of Jordan's career, so I'm sure the LeBron ones will start very soon.
2: Yeah, I mean, we haven't had a baby Jordan in a while. We haven't had anyone say that at least. Like the comparisons, I mean, the, I'm not saying anyone's gonna come in the league and be as good as Jordan, but the, the comparisons were just like Harold Miner was baby Jordan.
3: Just, I think like, it has to be a current player, because nobody during yeah. Jordan's was like, hey, it's baby Oscar Robertson. Do we get
2: any like baby Lance Thomas's? <laughs> just like, just like you're like, come on, guys, like just like, let's pretend I'm gonna be good. <laughs> uh. Well, anyway, so the point with Trey Young is that he's a guy offensively. He's a very good shooter, he's a very good scorer. He's—they said he's okay going gang to the rim as far as like his ability to finish. But he could be a guy like you pair him next to Nikola. You have a guy such offensive we- a weapon, like a, a huge offensive weapon, that he could be like a game changer on offense. And the argument also is that he's on such a bad team on, um, defensively that he had to do so much on offense that maybe his defense is not as bad as you think. Like if he was on a team where like the th- kids other decent players, he might be try. he might be a little yeah he might be try I guess I don't know anyway so I, I we t- discussed Trey uh, Trey Young last show um, I'm not gonna do anything on Doncic or anyone that's gonna go with the first three picks because we're probably not getting them uh, I think we have a one percent chance of getting to the first three picks right now or two percent um, Let's say does uh, anyone you want to cover in particular or I'll, I'll pick one No go for it. Okay, so I'm going to pick last time we did McCall Bridges. So, how about Miles Bridges? They are okay. not related, um, but let's talk about them. Sounds they they sound like they could be related, right?
3: Yeah. Well, that's like uh, uh, who are those two Europeans that. Um, one of them's on Phoenix, and. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Is it. By the way, I'm,
2: I'm a moron. I, they're the last name Bridges. But that will make you think they're related. But the fact that their first name both begin with an M makes me think they're even more so they'd be related because I'm a complete moron, even though, like, first names have nothing to do with being related. It just makes you, like, some like you're like, oh, well, they have to be. I mean, his McCall, he's Miles. Like, they've got to be brothers.
3: <laughs> right.
2: Um, so the pause of this guy. So he's a – basically, I guess he's a small forward. Um, the pause of this guy, best offensive attribute might be his two-foot uh, explosion. He's a big-time jumper. He's a bit of a four player but he's like he's he's 6'7" 230. He's got the size. He can like jump out of the uh, out of the gym kind of guy. Um, he screens well, cuts well, cuts cuts well. He's a good offensive rebounder, a decent spot-up shooter, particularly from 3. His passing is adequate. Um, context concerns, they say he plays a lot of four this year but he's really more of a 3 for NBA NBA terms. Okay. Defense, they say Defensive rebounding is pretty good. He moves his feet well on the perimeter, uh, has a low foul rate. He has 6'9 wingspan, which isn't amazing, but he can test on the perimeter. Uh, he's a solid defender. Uh, they said basically, low projection, he's a backup wing who can guard multiple positions, but brings very little offensive value outside of his garbage buckets of off-tippins, a rare backdoor cut, and open-court dunks. So... I guess his low is pretty much what we have with Troy Williams right now. Mm-hmm. Um, his high, capable third or fourth offensive uh, option, who is reliable spot up shooter from three, can attack closeouts, pass a little bit, guard most perimeter positions in a switch heavy system. He basically, what my understanding is, he is a probably not quite as good a version as uh, McCall Bridges. They're both very similar. Also, they're both like small forward-esque, like three and D guys. Um, probably Miles is the worst of the two.
3: Okay. I mean, for a ninth pick, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, I would say, if for getting best player available, I ideally would like an actual small forward who can play defense, I think that'd be, and who could shoot threes. I feel like that'd be a very... If you're not going to get a superstar, that'd be an ideal thing to add. Exactly. Um, I don't know if there's any... I don't think there are any centers, also, that are, like... Well, there's no centers, basically, that are going to fall where the Knicks are, that are, like, highly touted for their defensive abilities. Mm. Um, like because that's the other thing if you're going to take a what what are the two things you're going to take I think the two things are either a small forward I mean for getting best player available and obviously I guess that's the, the major argument but like it's either you, either you want a small forward or a center to play defense
3: yeah. yeah yeah I would say those are two things we need the most right now
2: yeah Um. yeah so I don't know um, anyway go to questions
3: Okay. Oh, the two people with the same last name I was thinking of was uh, Boyan and Bogdan Bogdanovich.
2: Yeah, that one always confused me because I was like, I don't understand. If there was anything, I thought he was on the. Uh... like this is a guy from the Nets, but how did Sacramento just draft him?
3: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, and I was one year off uh, when I said Buddy Heald was going to be really good. Have you seen what he's been doing the last couple games?
2: No, tell me.
3: Five out of his last six games, he scored over twenty. Um oh. shooting over fifty percent shooting uh, over fifty percent on threes, uh, averaging about four threes a game. He's he's been going pretty nuts.
2: Oh. okay. So uh I mean Sacra- I mean in theory he's on Sacramento, right? Yeah. In theory, Sacramento has a bunch of good pieces. Yeah, but it I mean, a, you got Buddy Healed, you got the Aaron Fox, you got uh Bogdanovich, i uh, Couple good players and you got that uh that's the uh defensive guy from uh Cauley Stein. Yeah, Cauley Stein. I mean it's you're not like winning the title with this team right now, but you should be more competitive than they are.
3: Yeah, it's it's a decent foundation and they got a lot of salary cap money clearing up soon when all their old guys you know, you got Vince Carter and Zach Randolph and all those guys are gonna be out of there soon, so Oh I'm I'm looking at a uh a uh Tankathon does a uh,
2: mock draft. Mm-hmm. You want to know who's falling? By the way, do the, uh, so you want to know? You want to guess? The Knicks are at ninth. Who falls to them? Trey Young. No, no, they have they have Trey Young at five right now with Orlando. Oh wow. They they have Mikhail Bridges falling to the Knicks uh, at number nine. Did we miss out by two spaces on a guy who I it'd be great if the Knicks got him, but I feel like he's going to go to or go before him. Bamba, Muhammad. Uh, mm-hmm. We could talk about him if you want. Um, he's supposed to be I think a very good defensive center. Okay. Uh, yeah, he'd be a guy. He'd be a nice guy to get. Um, we're probably let me just see the quick, uh Not to go through his whole, not to go through his whole thing, but uh, just want to see what it is like. I'm excited. Do that downside. in the future episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to quick a quick look on his. Uh, he's six eleven, and they give his protected his low outcome, and his high outcome. Who's they say low outcome backup rim protector who can only play in some matchups with some mid range shooting. High outcome. Plus defender at the rim in high, um, and in high pick and roll with the ability to catch lobs in space and to shoot corner threes. That'd be a nice guy to pair next to four, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyways, the uh, the draft. You want to? You want I'll tell you. Want to hear who the top ten picks are? Sure. Or you don't care. Uh, they got Aiton going first, Doncic going second uh, to uh, the Dallas. No, sorry, to the Memphis. Then Jaron Jackson, Michael Porter, Trey Young. Marvin Bagley, Bomba, Wendell Carter, and then Mikhail, and then Miles Bridges. Interesting. We should get more into this. I don't know. I, I, should, in theory, we should get more into this stuff because, like. Because there's nothing
3: else to
2: I was watching uh, last night. I was watching some of the. Uh, it was Florida State versus uh, Michigan um, in the NCAA Elite Eight. And you're watching them being like none of them, like, not a single guy on the court looked like, look like he should be playing in the NBA. And I know I was talking about last show about would the Knicks beat any of these teams in, the, in, like, the... uh Would they be able to win the NCAA tournament? Based on watching these two games, these two teams played out in the Elite Eight, the Knicks should crush. I mean, the, the guys are good enough in the NBA, like, even with a bad team like the Knicks, they should be able to crush those guys. Yeah, that's what I was saying. The, the guys just couldn't make a shot. It was just getting, it was getting ridiculous how bad the shooting was. And I, I don't think the shooting was overall horrible percentage-wise, but it's just, like it just looked like I couldn't really score. I feel like the Knicks, like Michael Beasley would, like, dominate. I, I, I take it back. The Knicks should be able to win the NCAA title.
3: <laughs> okay, right. question. Mitch writes, hey, guys, quick question on Frank. Is his development stunted by the presence of Cantor? He has a so one-dimensional inside on the pick-and-roll, causing the D to pack the paint and give Frank a mid-range shot. Doesn't yeah. help. Yeah, I mean – it also doesn't help knowing that Kander is not going to pass out of the pick and roll.
2: But nor do you really think he should. Mm. He's good enough offensively that uh, you get him the ball down low. I mean, obviously, you could have him hit hit some shooters, and like, I understand, he should pass a little more. But for the most part, he's just a pretty good percentage at the rim. It's hard to argue that like when he gets the ball, if he feels like he has position, like try to score. Yeah, but unless he's like double or triple, unless he's like double or triple teamed, it.
3: I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even if he's double and triple teamed, he's not passing the ball back out.
2: A lot of times he still scores. Also, though, I don't know. Hey, whatever. Right? The, uh, I'm kind of done with Cantor anyway. But I feel like it, offensively, you get him if he feels like he has position. It's hard to argue he should. Uh... So, do you think he stunts? Uh, do you think he stunts looking at his growth? Hmm. You think? You think the question? The question was: Do you think he stunts looking at his growth at all? Like just because he, the paint is so not open when he's there, um, I don't think it has a huge effect. I mean, the overall Nick spacing probably not. It's not just Kanza's fault. The overall spacing when he's on the court is not always great. Yeah, like if Nikola was surrounded by some three point shooters, that would probably help a lot. And yeah, some, like, yeah. I mean, he has a little bit. If the Knicks were, if was on the Spurs, he'd be a better player. Go on.
3: Uh, William writes, looks like Jay called it Tim Hardaway playing well toward the end of the season and effing up the tank. What a dumpster fire this team is. Shaking my head. Should we... uh,
2: I want to take a quick look at Timmy Hardaway's stats, actually. Um, You can start reading the next question.
3: Paul writes, Hey guys, enjoy your podcast. Here's a question for your show. If a top three team in the draft wanted to trade their pick for KP, would you do it? What would it take to make the deal? Don't get me wrong, I enjoy watching KP, and he's been a godsend to the Knicks, but he's long and lanky and can sometimes land very awkwardly I'm concerned about his long-term durability. And the hypothetical scenario would be at a time when the trade for a draft pick is possible, like next year before the deadline, KP's still rehabbing, but tank teams are pretty clearly defined.
2: Um... I don't know. I just don't love. I don't love doing that because you could like it's At least you know Porzingis what like you, you feel like. I mean, the, the injury stuff really worries me. But you know, like if healthy, he should be a very good player. And you could always just with like every draft, one of the guys in the top five, at least or top three, is not that good.
3: What if like but Dallas it, it, right now said they'll trade you? Their pick for Porzingis, so you you basically you'd get our we'd still keep our pick and we'd get Doncic. I mean, it's attractive.
2: Wait, is Dallas. Is they, they are they number one right now?
3: Well, according to your um, thing you just read, they they'd get the number two pick and Aiden's okay. going first.
2: I think it was Memphis, actually, not Dallas.
3: Memphis, but uh, Oh yeah. But whatever.
2: Let's, let's say it's Memphis, just for the sake yep. of argument. Yeah. Um. But first of all, if they do do that. You know the draft, the draft lottery will happen, and we'll pick four. There's, there's no way we'll stay in the top three because we'll just get screwed in the draft lottery. <laughs> but uh, let's assume the draft lottery is set, and you're actually getting the top two pick. Let's, just say, the, let's say the number one pick mm-hmm. for the sake of the draft. So you get eight and or, uh, or Doncic. Mm-hmm. Is that worthwhile for uh, Porzingis? And bearing in mind the number one pick in the draft this year can no longer knows how to shoot. <laughs>
3: right. I mean, I. I... I think you got to ask yourself if you think Porzingis is going to be injury prone his whole career or if this is just like, you know, a fluke thing.
2: Do you think also reversing it on, let's say you're whatever, you're, you're Memphis um, or whatever team, let's just whoever team, but forgetting the actual roster, are you insane to trade
3: the number one pick for, uh, for Porzingis? No. I mean,. You're taking a a guy who may or may not translate to the NBA for a guy that you know can play in the NBA.
2: Well, sorry, sorry. Are you insane to trade for a guy like Porzingis when he's coming off an injury? I understand. If he he was not coming off an injury, I don't think it's an insane trade at all. But
3: If If, if you're saying it's insane to trade for a guy coming off an injury, that would mean it would be a no-brainer for the Knicks to trade
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Void We're prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Either side, it's a pretty impossible trade to make. I think if you're you're the
2: team that has the pick, well, we have all this hope coming here, and we're going to sell to our fans. We're going to guys I mean, I guess forget even selling to your fans. Like it's a gigantic risk to take a guy coming off a in major injury that we've we've never experienced a guy coming off this injury who's seven three and it had him come back to the NBA and been fine. On the other hand, if you're the Knicks, holy shit, you're. You're trading away your franchise like a potential franchise cornerstone for a guy that who knows. You don't know if the guy can like do anything in the
3: NBA. It all comes down to how you feel about his injury. Of
2: course, yeah. So like if you're uh so let's say you're uh, you're Memphis. Like, let's say you're Memphis. Would you do the trade? Jay. The Knicks are only willing to do the trade because they uh, because Porzingis is injured. You're uh, would you do it?
3: Probably yeah. I okay, think now, I, do. I think on both sides of the, the coin. Both whatever. sides,
2: you would you would do this.
3: I think so, yeah.
2: Because you think is you're basically you you have as a Nick fan, forgetting about the other team as a Nick fan, you're just so concerned about um Porzingis's injury, or you think Doncic will be better because Doncic's
3: your guy. I feel like your Doncic's your guy more so than Aiden, right? It, it is, but I I think it's more so. I feel like that, that Porzingis is just going to keep getting injured.
2: Yeah, no, It's I, I assume you're not thinking that, like, this guy's going to be better than Porzingis. It's not like we're drafting LeBron. You, you're not convinced that is going to be better than, than Porzingis. It's more the injury concern.
3: Right. Well, if, if I'm of the opinion that no, 20, no, he's forget- going to miss 20 games a season, maybe I, I want a guy who might not be as good, but is playing 80 games a season.
2: You're just forgetting, like, if you are of the opinion, you are of the opinion. You are, opinion, you are concerned enough that you'd pull the trigger if you had the job.
3: I think I would. I'm pretty concerned. I I know you just read it. The guy says he's going to be healthier than ever and stronger. I'm not sure if I'm buying that.
2: The NBA is also thinking about passing a rule allowing you to play with a uh, half robot. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think? Remember that guy who was like who was actually who also committed murder? The guy that ran without like without legs in the Olympics. Yeah. Can you imagine the like, NBA player like just plays without legs? What was his name? Petorius or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into him, but uh if a guy was disabled and he had like the bounced legs, would you let him in the NBA?
3: Yeah, wouldn't that be kind of what if he had just like had pogo legs?
2: I don't know, it's kind of an affair. If you like he born without legs and he gets legs, like can he just play?
3: <laughs> He's like pulling a Vince Carter every other play, just jumping over everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like they're you know, like I mean, like, dude, like, it's just unfair
2: for, like, he can jump 30 feet in the air. But, dude, like, it's just unfair to, like, treat the disabled this way. He can jump 30 feet. This is not fair. <laughs> He's got pogo six for legs.
3: Um, uh, yeah, you can draft Aiton. I'm going to draft pogo legs, McGee.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say um, when if it came to it for either team, I would not do the trade. I think if I'm Memphis, just say Memphis again. I'm not doing the trade because I cannot – I've wasted an entire season. I cannot bet on a guy who come back from an injury if I'm the Knicks. He's been too good for us that I am too concerned about like him going there and having a long and very healthy career from here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I feel like he'll – I am comfortable if he plays 65 games a year going rest of his career that we'd get a good enough production to make it worth not making the trade.
3: Okay.
2: I mean I. it's not like if you said like – First thing is for Kevin Durant. Obviously, I'll do that trade. But I'm, I'm a guy who's I've not been in the league yet. I'm I'm not willing to pull the trigger. But it's close. Um, by the way, I just looked up uh, Timmy Hardaway. Do you know what he's shooting in uh in March?
3: It's gotta be close to
2: 50%. He's he's 46% from the from field goal percentage, but his uh, his true shooting percentage is almost 58%. Of course he is. That's pretty good. He's hitting almost ninety percent from from free throw line. Thirty almost thirty three percent from three. Of course he is dominating in March.
3: He's uh he's Mr. March.
2: Um I mean overall, like uh I don't know, overall his shooting is not that bad for that. I mean, like, he's shooting forty two percent from the field, which he's had some pretty bad runs. His true shooting percentage is fifty three percent, which is I think better than most years Mellow was here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If you, if you if you give a lot of like if true stream percentage is a stat you like, it, he's been pretty. He's, it's it's not that bad.
3: Okay, more questions. That's it for emails.
2: Okay, Facebook. We don't have many. We don't have many. So, uh, uh, Judge, G, Judge Jean writes. According to the report, Horney could be replaced by one of these: uh, Mark Jackson, David Blatt, Jerry Stackhouse, Doc Rivers, Dave Fitzdale, What do you guys think? Let's start at the top. Jay, Mark Jackson. Nope. We talked to him to death.
3: Mark, uh, I don't think Draymond Green is good, Jackson, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of, like, it's a lot of... I mean, maybe other coaches would have screwed that up also, but it is... Steve Kerr Yeah, yeah, Steve Kerr did not. Uh, David Blatt.
3: Mm.
2: Is David Blatt... So the question really is, are these guys an improvement over Horner Sack where you're willing to make the move to get him? See, that's uh, what
3: I was talking about with Pat on the phone call if um, if we're going into the season with low expectations, what's the point of replacing the coach?
2: The point is to get a system here where everyone's going to like actually build up a system that you like. If you don't think Horace the coach of the future, then you're going to spend a whole season building a culture that's going to be changed immediately for the new coach. You have to get your coach in place. If you don't think he's the guy, like there has to be some kind of like the whole thing about the culture, like the whole thing like the uh, the Celtics bring in guys, they immediately adapt to their system because they know stars in the team adapt to it, and everyone kind of buys in. The right, Spurs but, are doing 20 but, plus years.
3: the question is, are any of these guys so good that they're the coach? Like, it's totally worth another up, coach replacement up, to, to get one of these guys.
2: But giving up what? Like, what is Hornacek bringing here? Like, if you don't think he's going to be your coach when you're good, then get rid of him now. Like, why stick with a coach that you don't think is going to be the good coach that coach to have when you're good? Now
3: why change the coach every year?
2: Well, the point of it is to get the coach here you you like going forward. So a coach that'll be here for the next five, ten years, a guy that you'd be happy to be here
3: when the team gets good. Right. Instead question, being like, is what is is this one of those guys? Like, I, I don't believe in changing it just for changing it. So oh, I agree. Is that's one of these guys. That guy. It's
2: one of these guys going to be a market improvement over Hornacek? I think Hornacek has a lot of problems. I don't think he has much of a. He doesn't seem to get buy-in from the players completely. He lost a lot of locker room last year, but he had a lot of issues with Phil, like um, Phil stepping in, not in, it's not in it's Phil micromanaging. Um, this year, I don't, I don't get that they have a system where really, I don't know if there's really much of a system he's put in there. I don't see it on the court. Only, only system I see is past the guys the center when you're walking up the lane, so you don't like the point. Just that ends the play for the point guard.
3: Uh, I am not saying I, I love what he's doing. I'm just no, those guys you listed blow me away.
2: I don't know. I, th- I feel like anyone gets better. I mean, if you were high, if you were the Celtics and you were what's what's the Celtics coach
3: now or sorry, now are you talking about right operators?
2: now? No, no, right now. Oh. Um, his name again—the the guy from college. They have a very good coach, one of the best in the NBA. And I'm a moron. Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. When the Nick, when the Celtics hired him, and they hired him over Doc Rivers, you could have said, "Well, this doesn't even make any sense." Uh, Doc Rivers—you just lost basically a coach that won an NBA title, who's a very good coach, and you're bringing this guy that has no track record in the NBA. How good can he really be?
3: Like, what's the point of doing this? I mean, you never I, know
2: how—it's—it's it's hard to know how good the guy's going to be as coach. Out of that.
3: Out of those guys, I mean, I got to say, Doc Rivers is getting this terrible Clippers team. They're five games above 500. They probably won't make the playoffs, but they would if they were in the East. I
2: mean, I, I would say if Doc Rivers would take the job, I would take him over Horn a Second and Heartbeat.
3: Yeah, I mean, to get this team to 39 and 34, that's pretty impressive.
2: I mean, the guys in this list that I like, um, and Jack Rivers has a long track record. He's a guy people are going to believe in at this point. He's had such a long track record with the Celtics and the Clippers. Yeah. Um, David Blatt, I like, He's supposed to be. He's highly touted. He didn't get much of a chance in Cleveland. He made it to uh, the finals
3: in his one year in the NBA, though.
2: But that's not fair. I mean, like I could have made it to the finals with the LeBron James. <laughs> like, I, like, it's not like you can't give him credit for like here's a cakewalk to the finals, you, right? You, um. But he's supposed to be a very good coach. The way he's highly touted, I'd probably give him a chance over Hornacek. Jerry Stackhouse, I don't know—is he assistant coach somewhere? Like I'm not just—I'm like, not just making someone coach like like, like unless he's an assistant somewhere.
3: Yeah, he's. Um, Where is he? He won the G League championship. Did he? Okay, I'll hire him. I think so. Um. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'll hire him. Okay, sounds good to me. He, he won the. Uh, he won the division with the, uh, in the D League.
2: I mean that's something. I mean it's not much. in the D League. Um, I don't know if I'd give him the job. Like so, Doc Rivers and Blatt are the guys that I'd go with. Um, over Hornacek on this list. What do you think? Any, he also anyone punched Hornacek in the face a couple times. Okay, so there you go. He definitely gets the job now. So I go with Jerry Stackhouse also. <laughs> you have not felt the need to punch Hornacek in the face this season. Come on. Um, I just think if you don't think Hornacek is the coach you want here in five years, then let's try to find the guy you you want here in five years. Yeah. Do you think at any point Hornacek going to be like, you're going to be like, wow, he's a good coach? No. I think he's a bottom I, well, I guess maybe a bottom ten coach in the league. I don't think we get that. I'm just not very impressed with him. And I guess early in the year, I was impressed with the fact that guys were playing better. But he's like, the fact that only Porzingis is injured right now, and the, t- the team has been such a disaster, and two years in a row where the team has just fallen apart completely, I, I feel like that, that, that looks pretty poorly for him. Yeah if you told me like the Knicks are like ravaged with injuries, that's one thing. You lost Porzingis. You shouldn't become an embarrassment to the end of the league by losing one player. Even with this roster.
3: Yeah, not true. Uh, Joe writes,
2: We're we're year one into a real rebuild. We're all long time we're all longtime frustrated fans, but I think we're doing the right thing. Your thoughts? The other thing actually is go back to before we get to Joe's question. Hornsteck was not uh Hornacek is Phil's guy. And I kind of think you. I think Perry needs his own guy. I
3: don't know what you're doing, Jay. I think Perry needs to not be on the team.
2: <laughs> Why? Because you don't like Timmy Hardaway signing?
3: I don't like the Timmy Hardaway signing. I don't like the Baker signing. Um, I don't. Yeah, I haven't seen one thing he did where I'm like, oh, cool.
2: Well, Timmy Hardaway's, like, I think, was Timmy Hardaway's Mills? I think Timmy Hardaway was Mills, right?
3: Aren't they the same? Well, they're
2: actually different people. So I don't know they who's sit, doing they sit, what. They sit
3: next to it, each other. I, but I, I don't, don't know think... who's doing what. I, they're both guilty in my book.
2: Perry actually wasn't even – like he wasn't signed yet. I don't think he had the job yet when Mills did the, the Timmy Hardaway thing. Or maybe I'm wrong. I remember – well, okay, well, fine, fine. They're the exact same person. They have to share the same brain. Um, I do think, though, it is not usual for like a new GM comes, usually brings in his own coach. Yeah, and so you yeah. and you brought a coach in here, like Phil brought a coach with a totally different intentions when he fought, when he hired Hornacek. Yeah, whatever. Okay, uh, what do you think of the were year? Do you do you agree we're year one into the rebuild?
3: I mean, yeah, we've been rebuilding for three years, but we're in year one. Yes,
2: <laughs> we're perpetually in year one. It's yeah, grand, because huh?
3: we haven't made any the whole idea of a. Rebuild is that you make progress. We have not done that. So, yes, yes. we're in year one.
2: I think we're in year one also because I feel like now we moved on from Phil. And then, then it will be year one in two years we move on from, from Perry. Yeah. <laughs> um, your thoughts, though. If, if this is year one, I don't know. <laughs> what are your thoughts?
3: Uh, if it's year one, I would, I would be happy if we could go one offseason without making a catastrophic, crippling Signing. Well, you're in luck, Jay. We have no cap space. Don't don't count your eggs before they hatch. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Yeah. The Knicks um, can do it. If anything can do it, it'll be the Knicks. <laughs> the Knicks somehow trade Nilekina for some chickens. <laughs> I mean, they could um, use their bird rights for somebody to like max them out. Somebody already on the roster. Max out Beasley or something.
2: Oh, yeah. I I think we could say, like, if they if if uh, Cantor gets a five-year deal, we can end the show. I mean, anything's
3: possible with this team.
2: I mean, there are a bunch of things that Vicks could do that would make me want to end the show. I, I would say Cantor getting a five-year deal. Let's just end the show. Um, creating Porzingis and not getting the number one pick would make me end the show. <laughs> yeah. um, what, else, what else would make you
3: end the show this summer? Michael Beasley getting a five-year deal. <laughs> yeah, basically, anybody currently on the roster getting a five-year deal. Milikina being traded for a draft pick? <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, James writes, what would be the reason not to bring Hornacek back? We kind of talked about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tina, Tina writes, uh, am single <laughs> am single lady here seeking for true love and serious relationship? Jay? <laughs>
3: Why why is that happening?
2: Uh, for some reason, Tina is all over our page now with the exact same thing. I'm single lady here thinking love. I'm assuming this is a Russian bot. Um, but Gilliam had a good response. Phil Jackson is available. So go for it, Tina. <laughs> uh, Gilliam writes, uh, this. By the way, I don't really know how to pronounce Gilliam's name, and I'm getting it wrong all the time, but he has wrote some of the best questions we I, I, I love his question, so keep... keep. Uh, one day I'll get your name right, uh, but Gilliam writes, uh, Hornacek has decided against Frank guarding players like Reddick, who go through a lot of screens or players like Ben Simmons who are much bigger than him. He has also talked a few times about Frank needing to put on some weight to get stronger. Is he maybe protecting him from the more physical situations for now, limiting him to only players he can handle physically without going through two screens per, per play? Should he play like this, if he we were the, should he say it like this? If he was the case, or is it better not to talk, um, so you don't encourage hard screens? So and so against him. So should should uh, Hornacek just saying I'm not covering these guys, or should Hornacek say I'm not? I don't want to put him in these physical situations. What do you what do you think? And adding also, should Hornacek be holding? Should Hornacek should um, be holding him back from more physical play?
3: No, I don't. I don't agree. I mean, he's putting Mudiay in the same situation.
2: Oh well, Mudiay. we already know is garbage. So, if, I I think the thing is, uh, the one thing about Frank's defense is I wonder how it will be when he has like these situations. We has to guard a Reddick or play a guy like Ben Simmons more. Like to, when he has more physical play, will that will?
3: Yeah, let's find yeah. out now when the games don't matter.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. The, what do you think about him getting stronger? That idea.
3: We talked about this before. I don't think getting stronger is necessarily an important part of of being a good NBA player. I mean, you can't be too weak where you get bullied, but I don't think like everybody needs to bulk up,
2: especially at guard. I don't know if you really need to like go like hit the hit like hit the weights and guard at a guard. Right. I want you. I want agility. I want. I want a shooting. Um. Do you think? Do you think uh, Hornacek? Uh, should be saying I'm just trying to like hold them off from physical situations, or just do you like do you like how he's talking about it? Basically,
3: um, I mean, I don't know. It's I I, I don't understand why we don't just put Frank out there in every single situation, get him have him get a look at everything. What's why withhold anything?
2: it's almost crazy because you're like you know I, I i'm worried about him getting through the screens and dealing with like the hard screens or like a bigger defender it'll be tough on him so let's put Moutier, who's complete garbage on him again in a right set. like
3: if he doesn't <laughs> fight through the screens and the other guy scores who cares we can move <laughs> up or down right now who cares at
2: least at least you know more about him at least he like maybe he gets better at doing that
3: yeah maybe it would be something like hey, that didn't work. Here's something to work on in the offseason instead of, like, waiting for next season.
2: And yeah, if, yeah, if Redick tortures him for a night, um, maybe he'll try to figure out how to not get torched by Reddick the next night. Right. Um His team's
3: crazy. <laughs> yes,
2: That's also, like, again, it's Horner like a good coach. You're so, such proud with the fact that he doesn't just, like, give Frank a chance. I mean, he gives him a chance, but, like, just, like, why can't he at this point just say Frank plays 35 minutes and just see what happens? Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I don't necessarily. I have a lot of problems with Horace's system. I also think just that that whole thing where, and maybe I, maybe this drives me too crazy. But every time the point guard dribbles the ball up and passes to the center and basically has the center become the point guard for the play, just drives me insane. It just stalls the offense every time. I don't get it. The fact that Horace can't see—that's just an idiotic play to do every like every time down the court. Just drives me insane. Right. Uh, Gilliam writes. Uh, can you say uh, five current NBA players who work as close as possible to the ideal KP partner? For me, the most important skills are rebounding and ability to defend the perimeter while protecting uh, the rim and three point shot can, can, uh, can be not so good um, as, uh, as that's where KP thrives. So what skills are, are perfect pairing for it? like, did, first of all, for you, does it have to be a center or a power forward? Like, what do you think?
3: to pair with KP?
0: plus yeah um
3: no I don't I mean i we have so many holes in this roster i I think it really you just go best player available like um you know I, I guess we're a little bit better with the guard position now that it looks like uh, burke is decent but you could still use a third guard because I don't think that's moodier we definitely...
2: No, 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 no. The the point really is no, not not for draft. Like, is it just KP? Just an ideal partner for KP? Whether it be a center or power, for, just like a guy basically for the backcourt or front court, because front court. Uh, who's the ideal guy that, like? basically, what's what's the ideal? Do you would you prefer a like a power forward next or Would you prefer a center? Like you, where, where do you want him?
3: Mm. I think maybe a center. Keep KP at the four. Have him spread the floor have a, uh, you know, have like a in his prime Tyson Chandler type of guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is what Gilliam's also saying, that he thinks that the skills that you need next to him are rebounding, which Cantor provides, obviously, um, and ability to defend the perimeter. But he thinks protecting the rim is not as important, um, and being able to sh- spread the floor like, as far as shooting threes is not as important. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you agree with that assessment? Yeah. Um, I... we, we need defense. Well, the, like... I feel like protecting the... What, what? First of all, would it be amazing to see KP next to, like, Gobert? Oh my no God. one ever gets to the basket? That would be amazing. That would be phenomenal. Um, what's more important from this, from the guy next to him? Perimeter defense or uh, ability to protect the rim? Rim protection. I would agree. I, I, I feel like you can not have, like... Best of the Knicks are always going to be a little bit weaker in the garbage anyway, defense-wise. I'd rather have two rim protectors next to each other. Um, but I do agree. I also want a guy who can do a little more, like guard the perimeter. Also, mm-hmm. a guy that's a little more versatile than a guy that, like, obviously a lot more versatile than Cantor. Um, but I, I agree. The uh, three point shot is not that important. Um, who would you pair? So I, I'll put Go Bear next to him. Who would you put next to him? Oh, I guess the Tyson Chandler in his prime. Um, anyone else that could jump, jump in. I mean, like a, even a DeAndre Jordan in his prime would make sense to me.
3: Yeah, Some I mean, reason. I I would rather. A uh, Chandler or a Gobert, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: anyone else? Anyone else? Jump out of you? Uh, are you talking
3: about current players or anybody?
2: Sorry, he said he said current players. The question is, fuck, you say five current NBA players? Five current. Um... Ooh, you know would be? Uh, who's the Celtics? Who's the guy from the like the? the uh, I can't remember anything. I'm sorry. Um, the guy from the Hawks that went to the Celtics. Oh, Horford.
3: Horford would be awesome next Horford year. would be pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, he could pass. Like, like He would be, a, he would be a great. I, I, fine, you move KP. I guess Horford's really more of a power forward. Move KP to the center, but that would be a wonderful compa- um, companion. Dream and Green? Yeah, that would be an amazing companion also. Um, okay. Steven Adams. Um, you know actually um, who's um, my last two guys on the list? Mm. I did the whole list. I, I, I evaluate everyone. My last two guys are Enos Kanter and Kylo Quinn. Uh, Gilliam writes um, And I do think uh, Joking aside, I think Kyle Quinn makes more sense than Cantor, I just don't think either guy makes any sense For the future Uh, Gilliam writes, how much credibility do you give To the rumors about the possible Knicks Future Knicks coaches When most of the names are just there Because they have connections with the Knicks Or someone in the front office I can't see a name who makes me think he's the man um, also, I find it hard. I find it hard to see how Blatt could be a good choice. He was very defensive in the Cleveland, answering questions, always bringing up his success in the Euroleague. The scrutiny in New York is so much bigger. While Corney is capable to continue work with a posit um, with positivity despite bad breaks, I can't imagine Blatt adapting well to all the noise. The noise can kill pretty, a lot of coaches here.
3: Hmm. Yeah, it's a tough job. <laughs> this team yeah. is so dysfunctional.
2: Um, like, like, like the thirty. Like, it's the worst thing is that like, even when things are going bad, thirty guys are like, "I have to write a story about why it's going so bad. Tell me why it's a, it's a disaster." All yeah. thirty of you, all thirty of us, every night. <laughs> uh, yeah, we talk, I, we I, talked. We a lot a, about this already. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. I do think he has a point that a lot of names are being thrown around not because they're real rumors just because like writers are like, this guy makes sense. Yeah. Why can't Stan Van Gundy, like, can, why can't anyone convince him to come back?
3: Jeff Van Gundy? I mean, Jeff Van Gundy, yes. <laughs> why can't we convince... He, is, he has job such, security and he... Yeah, like, he's got a good gig.
2: It's a good gig. It's a much better gig.
3: Yeah. Well, it's, it's a lot less stressful and you have job security. It's like the exact opposite of the next job.
2: Yeah, if you're good at it being like a... Like a color guy, like an announcer, like, there you go. You got to go job security. Yeah. Uh, and you make a lot of money doing it. Uh, Gilliam writes, what do you make of this new lineup with Frank and Burke? Do you think Horney's is going to keep it like, like this until the end of I th- time? I think so. Um, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm a fan. What do you think happens? So let's say they draft like a McCall Bridges or they, – they draft like a, an actual small forward next year. What happens, because you, then you have, you have Courtney Lee, I assume Courtney Lee is going to get traded then, but you still have Timmy, how does it work with the minutes? Because you think they're going to keep doing Frank at like shooting guard, and then like Timmy gets 30, 35 minutes, Where, where's that Lee Frank? If you get a true, well, a true small forward, who who's demands 30 minutes a night.
3: I mean, you could play Frank between the one and two, and Timmy between the two and three, so there's still minutes.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um. It just seems like you'd you'd almost be like, well, if Bridges, let's say Bridges is good enough to get thirty minutes at uh at small forward, then Timmy gets 30, 35 minutes. Not a lot of minutes left unless Frank can actually be our
3: point guard. Good problems. Yes. Yes. Is that it for questions?
2: Um, that's it for questions. What? You, anything else you want to say, Jay?
3: No, I think that's that's uh, a wrap. That was a good episode. We are done. So- uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We will be back next Sunday. We will be
2: celebrating uh, now that we want the Knicks to win. There is zero chance they will win another game the rest of the season. Yep, they're going over eight. They got uh, the rest of the week is. I'll read real fast. I know you want to go. Um, the rest of the week is. We got a. Uh, we got a uh, Charlotte, Philly, and Detroit before our next show. Um, potentially. Uh Two and one.
3: Could go three and oh. They're going to go one and three, though, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Cool. Right.
1: Okay. Bye, everybody. Uh, happy trails to Bye. Bye, love. You. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. It's all over. Goodbye.
0: It's time to go. This is the end. Say goodbye. I'm going to leave.